Hello, I'm Dave and welcome to the Getting Better Acquainted 200 season. Five episodes where the tables are turned and instead of me having conversations with guests, we have five episodes where guest hosts interview me. The shows will be coming out daily from the 16th to the 20th of March and they're there to celebrate over 200 episodes of my In Conversation podcast, Getting Better Acquainted. As part of that celebration, I'm going to be shouting about previous episodes on the show's Twitter feed, at GBA Podcast. If you want to join in the celebrations, if you'd like to share your favourite episodes and your thoughts about the show, I'd really love that. The hashtag that I'm going to be using is GBA200. So join me with the celebrations over on Twitter. This is GBA 200 Part 5 with Charlie Harrison. You can find Charlie on Twitter at CharlieLucyHa and you can find out what she does at CharlieLucyHarrison.com. She's a comedian and storyteller and she runs a night called Funny Cunts that currently happens on Tuesdays at the Royal George in Soho. I hope you enjoy this final alternative reality version of my podcast. Next Wednesday, we'll be going back to the normal format of me talking to somebody else about their lives and their experience. Today's theme tune was covered by Ian Barrett. Charlie asked me to put out this conversation with no editing. So this is how an unedited Getting Better Acquainted, hosted by somebody else, would sound. We need to get better. Please make us better. We want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with we are getting better acquainted with Dave. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Hello, Hello. Charlie. Um, so we're in my flat in Elephant Castle. The tables have turned, and I'm going to be interviewing you today. Sure. So how do you feel about that? Uh, pretty good, I think. I quite like the opportunity to just not worry about speaking too much, because that's what I mostly do when I do my podcasts on one level. So now you're, now you're free from the rain. <coughs> so we have to start with a classic GBA starter question. How do you know me? Right. Um, I don't know. It's complicated to say now because we've known each other for a while. And it's con- like, how do I? I guess I know you through Spark. Um, I think I must have met you first, probably. Do you remember the first time we met? I don't know. Must have been, I think it's probably Brixton... I, I wish there was a moment that we could pinpoint, like pinpoint it. When Do you our know? eyes met across the crowded room. I can't. You just were there. You just <laughs> came into my life, but I can't think of exactly when. No, I can't exactly. I know that you did some stories at, at the upstairs at the Ritzy for Spark London, and I, I, I've, yeah. so I think that's where I met you. I think it might have been a case of that I was around, you were around for a couple of times before we actually before we spoke, spoke but, but we were aware of each other's presence. Well, because we probably both told stories on stage That's and watched it. each other do that. And then you yeah. kind of feel like you know someone even though you haven't actually yeah. spoken to them. And mm. then, I don't know, I find it hard to like introduce myself to people 
Uh, so I probably was awkward for a bit and then probably spoke to you. But yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we would have thought I would remember it because it was probably really awkward. Yeah. Well, I normally I, remember awkward things. See, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember awkward things because <laughs> that's that, like all my life. That's your right? life, I know. And that'd be really hard to remember all the times. <laughs> but I, I mean, we, like, so we've been working together now for quite a few years in different ways. Like, mm. you've been involved with Stand Up Tragedy. You're also mm. now involved with Spark London. Like, we're both hosts of Spark London, and yes, we've lovely. both hosted Stand Up Tragedy. You're one of the few people yeah. I've ever trusted to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, I was saying to Jess Brownrigg, who comes to Spark the other day, like, I, we were just walking through central London, both with, like, our bags from work, and I said, I feel like we go to school together, like, now, because that we have all this kind of, like, oh, yeah, like, stand-up tragedy, that's, like, one of the things we're involved in, and, like, Spark, yeah. and it's, like, and then... It's like being in the clubs, Yeah, yeah, clubs, yeah, like, like oh, drama do you remember, music. like, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. when we used to do big, but we, there's all these kind of shared things, and... I don't know, we just hang out in the afternoons like it's a free period and like it's just, I don't know, it just feels like really nice we've got all these shared groups. Um, cool. All right, how do you know me? Now we get on to the, <laughs> the real questions. Um, when was the last time you cried? Wow. Um... That was probably one for a bit later. No, on, I like it. it. I, I quite like really hitting me with a deep a bit one. Cutting. You know, I like it though. I mean, <laughs> it's at the top of my list. I don't know. I cry quite frequently. Um, yeah, I, I well, I can. Yeah, I, I cried uh, watching. I mean, and this is a little. This is almost a cop out, isn't it? To mm. cry about a watching yeah. thing. But uh, the, mo- the most recent time I cried, I was watching um, Orange Is the New Black, I believe, mm. uh, which I've been watching for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I often cry in fictional things, like I, I like that, because then you can cry and it doesn't make anyone feel guilty. Um, <clears throat> but I, I'm trying to think of like the, the, the last time I cried from an emotion. I've cried quite a lot recently, I guess, because I've been quite depressed at times over the Christmas holiday. Like the winter always seems to get, get under my skin, and particularly Christmas. This so, year more than others, or...? This year, less than others in some ways. I've sort of come into it expecting it to be shit, and then I've actually managed to mostly have a good time. Whereas if I if I go into things expecting them to be good, that always I always get really unhappy when they don't go well. That's my um, attitude as well. My philosophy, yeah, expect the worst and everything else. Everything else is a bonus. But some people get quite offended by that. I mean, like there's an American attitude which is very like. like be positive and it will be good mm. and like you bring your negative thoughts to someone with that attitude and they just think that you're trying to grind the situation down but it's sort of yeah it's a good I've, philosophy in I, my opinion yeah I mean I I, I I I kind of I can relate to that to that kind of positive attitude sometimes mm. and I do know what what people are getting at like if you are always negative about things then it's hard to enjoy anything mm. but I, my my general stance is that if you are pessimistic if you expect the worst then you are pleasantly surprised more mm. often um but yeah do you think crying is useful yeah yeah i think it's super super useful um and i i i i, I think it's an it's it's a cathartic experience it's when i it's when i enjoy um when I can do it but I do a lot of like when I I find yeah if I can get tears out then it's properly 
cathartic and useful mm. but a lot of the time when I'm crying it's almost like dry heaving it's like yeah. I I, I'm sad but I can't the, the 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 water isn't there in my eyes and then that's just like annoying because I feel it's like, like I'm impotent yeah like, right yeah 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 and it's also if someone else is there I feel like a fraud like I feel like I'm not really crying oh. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm trying to manipulate them I yeah. start worrying about that is um, that are they real yeah is this real whereas mm. I, you know if I'm watching something then I can really get into it without any anxiety about the crying and so yeah. I can just enjoy it and let it, let it come oh, yeah like, yeah, crying publicly is a weird one, and it's not really something we do. I remember, like, on the last day of school, I was really sad. Everyone cried, and that made it impossible for me to cry because it was like a social thing. And I thought, God, if I cry, I'm doing it as a performance. And right. There's a lot of social kind of thought about it. But like you say, if you're watching a film, it's a more of a pure kind of just me yeah. experience. Yeah, well, I think that's often the case with crying as well. Like in bereavement situations, like there's a lot of pressure then to react in whatever way other people think you should be yeah. reacting. So if you're not crying, they think that you don't care properly. Yeah. If you're crying too much, they think you're making it all about you. So like, I think that's the thing. I'm always just worried about how my crying will be interpreted by other people. Like as a man, it's not it's not looked on as as socially acceptable in the same way as it is for women to cry. So I'm always aware of that. And then I want to cry more as a kind of a statement against that. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I'm also like, I don't like, like, I also can't get out of me the, the male thing of like not wanting to look weak, even yeah. though I, I, I embrace weakness. I think it's important to be weak. I like uh, it when men cry, not in a sick way, but like, I remember my really kind of like liberal friend, uh, Kira. Like there was this something on the TV and Jamie Oliver was crying and she was like, "Oh my god!" It's, you know, she sort of like had to look away. Yeah, like some women have, have that experience of it. Yeah, of men crying and like I was like, I can't believe it, Kira. Like you should probably not use her name, but she won't mind. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, like she was just like, "Oh, I can't believe he's crying." You would never say that about a woman, and right. I don't think you should be able to say it about a man. But then it is complicated, and I, I know what you mean. I, I've definitely experienced that or, and seen that reaction of like, whoa. Yeah, from people uh, you don't expect yeah, it from as well. exactly, because we're so taught that men shouldn't cry. It's a, it's a shocking thing to see. But then I think that crying is a complicated thing. Like, I think um, crying can be difficult when it's in a situation where you're communicating with someone like uh, Jen, my partner, in an argument, she will cry and I will shout. And then as soon as she cries as a reaction to me shouting, yeah. I feel like I have to take back every everything I've got because I've I've made someone cry and I've got to like my my and I guess this is learned male female yeah, behaviour. Yeah. I see a woman crying and I feel I have to comfort them yeah. and make them feel all right, yeah. um, which is not you know that doesn't help my my side of the argument. And then yeah. I feel, and then I get like. And then you're just playing kind of like primal roles right. rather than talking about something. I was having well, a massive row in the street with her ex boyfriend, and like, you know, he's bigger than me and louder than me. And I realised it was just like right at the South Bank, you know, where the London Eye is, there's loads of people. And you know, when you're like really angry and like everyone else is a blur, and like you can just see kind of the bottom, there's, there's loads of people going past you, bits of blur, and you'll, you'll see that person really clearly because you're angry. And I realised how easy it was if I just stood there, like, with sort of, like, big, just quite quietly with, like, big teary eyes. It just looked from outside like he was being quite abusive. Right. That's Because that's the narrative right. that we have. It's so easy as a woman just to stand there and make it look like you're the one... 
being attacked, really. Right. Well, that's the narrative that's playing out in my head as well. Because when, when, yeah, when I make a woman cry, I feel like um, I'm being that patriarchal problem. And and then the thing is, though, then it gets even more complicated because then, like, I try to comfort her because I feel guilty and bad about the fact that she's crying. But then I move through that to a kind of like feeling resentful for the fact that I'm having to comfort her. We're having to, in inverted commas, and then sort of almost holding it against her that she's crying. And I definitely know that. I mean, I don't, and I don't, you know, we're, which makes it sound like we have a really fracturous relationship, which isn't the case. But I think that there's a lot of like, I've heard a lot of men feel like read tears in women as min, equals manipulation, yeah. um, and so that's also a problematic attitude yeah. to crying. So I think men see women crying as manipulation, and and women see men crying as weakness, and we're all wrong. Uh, yeah. Crying's just crying, and one way we experience it is the quite world. a powerful thing. I think, yeah, crying as a woman, like you can, yeah, I can see, yeah, it, it highlights like men's reaction to it. It's just like, no, just I just want anything, but you not to cry, right? Like you know, whatever the argument's been, that's just like yeah. men just hate it. Um, so yeah, uh, the reason I mean, it sounded initially, I think, like a very out of the blue question, but obviously, this is quite relevant to you because you run stand-up tragedy which is about you know the sadder side of things right and um I just wondered like I think at the start I've spoken to you about this before that your um intentions were to have a night where maybe people would cry yeah definitely and have you you, you've had that, that that's happened yeah definitely audience members have cried I've definitely cried um, occasionally, performers have cried when when that's when delivering strange. their performances, um, and I think that's yeah. I think that's an important thing for us to do communally and publicly with each other, and to to accept that it's okay. But I also one of the things I want with stand up tragedy is to go between crying and laughter. I feel like yeah. it's in those moments when you move between sadness and happiness, yeah. or happiness and sadness. It's in that that moment in between yeah. that. But I don't know. I feel that's a very yeah. resonant moment, and I I like to make that happen a lot. Right. And that's the kind of art I like to watch and yeah. and, and and consume. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. <laughs> no, I think that moment is good. I was just trying to think of examples of that moment where it's like it's yeah because it's like when your foot is like is it hot or cold yeah on the tap of the bath, bath you like it's like oh, both really and exactly and it's like types of crying like it's 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 that that when you can have those moments where you're crying because you're ha- happy and sad for the characters like mm-hmm. those mo- so for example and it's a it's a cliche a lot of people hate the film i like the film and i don't i don't i don't care um, that it's a cliche, but in Dead Poets Society, um, I don't know if you know it, but it's a, it's about um, it's about a group of kids in a public school, boys' school, who kind of have an inspirational teacher that teaches them that you don't have to be part of the system; you mm. can have different approaches. Spoiler alert: um, a bad thing happens. It's not too much of a spoiler to say <laughs> that, and the teacher the teacher gets taken away from the kids. <coughs> In the last scene, all of the kids in the in the in the class stand up on the tables, which is a thing he'd he'd asked them to do previously. Like if you stand on the table, you'll see the world differently. And they all stand up on the table and say, "Oh, captain, my captain," which is what he he got them to call call him. Um, and like in that moment, I'm 
crying because I'm sad that he's going and I'm sad that the bad thing happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm also happy that, that, that they're making taking a stand and they're saying mm-hmm. we're with you, we're, 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 we're in solidarity with you. And, and so I don't really know why I'm crying if it's because I'm happy or I'm sad. And I love it. Yeah. I love it when I don't know. Yeah. It's like I'm Spartacus, right? Another yeah. cliched moment like that. Those are, those are the moments in films that really always get me where it's like, I'm happy because, uh, but I'm also sad. I'm, yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway. But we laughed at, there's a, I remember when I was writing a blog for Stand Up Tragedy, it was like some quote I found, which was, we laugh together and we cry alone. And like, we must, yeah, can you, Uh, yeah, it's not necessarily a communal experience crying. I can't think of many, apart from maybe funerals. But well, I think in, then, in our culture, in I don't our think culture, it's communi- but... communal, but I think there are cultures where crying is communal yeah. and like the, where the way that they, they react to grief is to get mm-hmm. together and just cry for, for days. I mean, there's some cultures where, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm ignorant enough to not want to name which cultures <laughs> they are, cultures. but there are cultures that do that. Okay. And I think that, the, that it's it's something we can... It's, again, it's like death, right? Like death is something we don't talk about very much in this in this culture. Other cultures talk about it in a different way, and and that's another thing I want to bring in with stand up tragedy is we can talk about death or mental health issues or like, a, like even like um, triggering subjects like sexual assault or whatever yeah. that come up or suicide that come up yeah. in in stand up tragedy. We can talk about those things together and face them together, yeah. and we're not alone. We yeah. we and. True storytelling itself is is another example of that. Like we yeah. always say, Spark is a bit like Alcoholics Anonymous, where not everybody's an alcoholic, right. um, and and it's just yeah, sharing these things communally. Yeah, I think it's important, and we yeah. don't do it. No, we and don't. We should do it more. We don't. Okay, I'm going to move on to another question. <laughs> yeah, do. Um, so, how many of these you're doing? How many of these? I should have probably said this at the start, but you're doing how many of these interviews with yourself? Uh, well, five. Five day yeah. episodes. It'll be like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, okay. Friday. Me. Oh. <laughs> and why do you think people should be interested in five whole podcasts all about about you? me? Yeah. Well, I don't know really if they should be interested in that. I mean, there's been more episodes about me in the in the course of getting better acquainted than I ever expected at the beginning. Um, because I didn't realise when I started doing it that it would become a kind of autobiography um, through conversation. I didn't get that that was going to be the case, and then I, like, a year in, realised it. I mean, I don't know. I think everybody's interesting. I agree that that focusing on me for five episodes seems excessive, but I guess what I'm looking at with that is I want to show how different hosts would do the project I do differently, um, and through, I'm the kind of control. I'm a kind of, I'm always the same guest, so we can see how different approaches will get different responses from yeah. people. I guess okay. how different people get better acquainted, right? Okay. <clears throat> rather than okay. how I do, yeah, and learn kind of different ways of of communicating. I guess, yeah, yeah, and also just on a personal, selfish level, I just I like having to to. Uh, I like the experience of not having to think about the interaction, but still getting a good result right. at the end of it. <laughs> okay. Um, what is the most common compliment you receive? 
I don't I don't know. Compliments are funny things, aren't they? Because they they they're all potentially double edged no matter what the person saying them intends them to be. But there must be one that you no, know, like that you get. So more people than say others. I'm really productive. That's a there thing that go. people think is a compliment, but I don't always feel that that's a compliment because Yeah. But but that, okay, so So I guess that, do you think that's the most common one you get? Uh <sighs> Yeah, that you're really busy and No, people say that I'm Open, open, open. I get a lot, or honest. Yeah. Um, uh, and do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And do you think those are? Um, I think they're the, the most legitimate and um, correct uh, takes on your character. Well, I think then, yeah, but I think they're neutral things. They're not necessarily positive. So, like, okay. openness has negative and positive okay, effects on yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honesty is not always the best policy, or at least um, brutal honesty mm. is not always the best policy. So, um, yeah. And do you think you are quite productive? Um, yeah, I am, but it's because I'm driven. Like, driven isn't necessarily a good thing. It's because I'm anxious and I can't stop my mm. mind from worrying about things. So, I... I mean, there's also some positive things in there as well, but yeah, like all of the, I'm 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 not very good at taking compliments really. If someone gives me a compliment, I either say, yeah, I know, because because it's something I already I already think, or I say, uh, you, you know, or I argue with it. I'm really bad at just saying mm. thank you. So I've been over the last few years trying to say thank you more when people compliment yeah, me. Yeah, even if you don't agree with it. Or yeah, especially if I don't agree with it. Yeah. Because I might agree with it if I give it some time as well. There's no, there's no reason to shoot it down and straight it's away. Still true for them, their perspective of you, which is very, going to be very narrow because they don't know. You know, they're not with you all the time. Is you look what they're saying is from this angle. Is you look like this, right? So I guess it's always kind of true. Like people say to me, like things like, uh, "Are you brave?" And I could say, or oh, oh, I don't know, like intelligent. And I could argue that I'm not. Right. But like, okay, it's absolutely true that from that person, that time, that angle, I look intelligent, right. or I look brave, or something. Yeah, and that's so just like, oh, thanks for recognizing it. I guess. Right. Well, thanks for saying how you see it. Yeah, I mean, the ones I find the hardest to accept are definitely the ones I'd most like to have. Like, like if which I don't and I don't yeah. agree with. So, like, if yeah, if someone calls me intelligent, then I will say I'll. First of all, I, I'll, I'll argue that it, I'm not intelligent. But secondly, I'll be like, the concept of intelligence is completely invalid. It's like creating division within people and all of these sorts of things. Or attractiveness. If someone says I'm attractive, I will argue with that. And then if I'm not careful, I'll be like, the whole concept of attractiveness. Blah, 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 like, What's the most common physical uh, compliment <laughs> you get then? Um, I don't know. I'm not that used to having physical compliments. Um... um People think that I've got good... People think I've got nice eyes. Um, you probably get that a lot, right? Because you've got nice eyes. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Did you see what I did there? Yeah, it. right. You, you just took it. Um, yeah, I mean, people people, people think i got nice eyes, but I always think, you know, what... Yeah, I can't think what of What do you any... say to that as well? Like, thank you, I, I create... You didn't... 
you know, thank right. you. Well, you but, should thank my parents. But I hide my eyes anyway. No, I don't, not intentionally, but because I have glasses, no one notices my eyes as much. No, so I think no, that's no, why they think I've got kids. nice eyes because I take when I take my glasses off, they're like, oh, so they're bad. they're quite interesting color, and they're you know you've got an intense stare, which in the right <laughs> moments can be a nice thing, although it's often made many people uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, what do you think your worst quality is? Uh, well, as a person. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, it depends what you mean. Like, anger is probably, like, my worst quality. Like, it's the quality I hate in myself the most. But it's probably one of the flaws I've got the most control over these days. Yeah. So I'm very aware that I'm always saying I'm an angry person, but people are never really seeing very much example of that. Um, but do, do people that are close to you, like your yeah, partner, see people that? get it. Yeah. People get it who know me. Rage is my my worst quality, I guess. But then also, like I think there's a, I've got a tendency towards being pompous or self righteous or whatever. Like I, I'm making a big. I'm always being pompous and self righteous about how we shouldn't be pompous and self righteous. Like I'm always saying, you know, trying to take the biggest moral high ground at the same, you know, <laughs> always trying to do that. And I think that that can be tiresome. Do you know what I mean? Nobody needs somebody always trying to go. Well, think of the other side. Think of the other side. Like. No. Again, these are sort of mixed, I guess. I was going to ask you what your best quality is, but it's probably kind of in that as well, you know, being analytical and, and curious. Right. I think that's often the case, yeah, that people's best, best and worst them. qualities are the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I and, and, and you know, it, it's it's different, different things as well. Like when you say, what do people compliment me about or what's my best quality? Sometimes people say I'm a really good listener, right? Yeah. But other people would say I'm terrible at listening yeah. because sometimes I am a really good listener, mm. but sometimes I'm just, I'm not aware of who else is talking and yeah. I'm just talking over everyone. So yeah. um, it just depends. A, you've, you've been able to sort of improve that, haven't you? you yeah. Sort of improving that journey with GBA and stuff. Hopefully, yeah. that's the intention. Although I think mm. one, of, I think I've all one. I think as a person, if you come to me in a terrible, sad, emotional situation, yeah. I'm a good listener. Um, if if I don't know about that and you come to me uh, and you're trying to avoid talking about it, I'll be a terrible listener because I won't probe it. I'll just talk about my shit. <laughs> um, but so pe- when people think I'm a good listener or have found me useful as a confidant or counsellor or whatever you like it's 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 because I know that they've got something and I I can I can be sensitive when people have got problems yeah but when I don't know I'm just I'm not sensitive and so that's where I fuck it up um yeah (laughs) self-awareness is your best quality yeah Um, well that's yeah that's something that people say but you mm. you try having an argument with someone who's really self-aware and it's really annoying because i'll say something and then i'll i'll give a i'll give a critique on what i've just said like i'll I'll go no i was you know so it's really annoying like jen often says like i just i'd rather you just did the thing wrong rather than doing the thing wrong and then saying how you're doing it wrong and what like like giving a big example of how you shouldn't have done it wrong and asking how you're going to do it better and then saying all of this now like then say you know it gets really convoluted yeah um, <laughs> stupid okay i've got this question which of these jobs would you prefer to do to be an x-factor winner right you know, and it's sort of a job i guess um a sanitary bin disposal officer right or the head of a police vice squad of oh, those three mm. x-factor all the way okay cool because I, I, I would like to I, I did think about 
auditioning for X Factor. Did you? That's really surprising. I wanted me and my mate Alex, who used to be in a a, a duo with me called the Middle Class Bastards. I wanted us to go (laughs) as the Middle Class Bastards and like go in there and do like our weird uh, electro rap weirdness that we were doing at the time. I just thought that that would just be. I know, I know, but who the fuck cares? Um, like, would we'd you make the be, show we'd make, make the actual the show. show we wouldn't get free like, but we'd make the show the sort of level of the cloak of irony or whatever your comment was on it would not be clear in that no clip. I'd, want, I'd want to get through I'd want to get through but what would be what would be the end result? Well, we wouldn't get through, but it would. No, you be... would get you would get onto the because they choose the extreme ones and the ones they think are laughable and the ones they think are really good. But I think that we're good. Like I think we're good, but weird. And I. But they, I think they would think you were weird. Well, sorry, they I might. Don't know they the might. Music. Well, exactly, but they might. Just, I mean, who knows what they what they'd like? Um, but certainly, I just thought it would be a, an interesting experience to go through. But I could never really convince them to do it, and I don't want to do it on my own. And anyway, you you can't go in with your own music. You have to. Um, you have to do like a, a a set, you know, not a set, but you have to choose a cover, don't you, just to, to do your auditions at the beginning. You can't can't really go in with your own music, I don't. Okay, think. I'm going to like rephrase the question. Out of these three things, what would you prefer to be an X Factor loser, i.e., like a million hits on YouTube because everyone's like, oh my god, how terrible? Yeah. Sanctuary bin disposal officer or the head of police vice squad? No, still that one. I mean, still. I, I don't want anything. I would not. I would not work for the police. Like I would not, and I would certainly not work for the police vice squad because I questioned whether any most of the things considered vice are not vices; they're just human ex, human experiences, just things we do. I don't really know what that means, vice you, squad. Well, yeah, it means like things. Vices or it's it's sex work, it's uh, drugs, drugs, it's it's yeah. it's all of the things that I would legalize. So I would I, I wouldn't want to or decriminalise so I wouldn't want to do that job um, Sanctuary bin dis- disposal right it's, it would be a shit job mm. uh, in some ways literally but I I don't it's not the worst thing I can think of doing mm. it's just I'd prefer to be a joke on the internet than like at least that because like, I think if I was that that what you're talking about you could use that in some way that's a, an interesting stepping off point for trying to I- engage with, with culture if I was a joke on the internet because I was an X Factor loser, yeah. then I could make that into a into a strength. Think about Jedward, right? They were the biggest joke that X Factor ever had, but they're they're one of the remaining names that we think of when we think of uh, of X Factor. We think of Jedward, and yeah. I know I've got a friend who's a massive fan of Jedward. Still, like people mm. like them because they're shit. Um, so, yeah, that's more useful to me than being a sanitary been disposal person but I could I could if I had to have a day job and it paid okay and gave me time to to make art then I so you would choose the sanitary bin disposal officer over the head of police fire squad okay because you can't you can't change the police system from within like whether you can change other systems from within maybe but you can't change the police system from within I don't think not unless you're right at the head like if I was head of all the police and I had the powers to change the way the police interacted with the with the public then I'd take that in a, a shot because there's loads of things I could do yeah. um, but head of vice I feel like that's just a you're in a vice uh, in your in your actual practical relationship with the world there it's been squashed by the police mm. system and <laughs> um, do you think you're more intelligent than the average person no do you not? No, I definitely, I'm, I really don't. Um, yeah. Sometimes people say I'm intelligent. Some inter- People who are like actually like academically intelligent, like people who write good essays and uh, are part of that system, rarely think of me as intelligent. Um, but people who aren't a part of that academia system do. 
I don't like that system. So I don't like I, I'm going to do that argument really again now. I guess that I referred to earlier on. I don't value the idea of intelligence. I think we have intelligences. I, I uh, there's lots of different ways of thinking. Like if I if I, I guess I, I've got a creative way of thinking, which is different from an analyt like from an analytical way of thinking. Like I'm quite. I work in tangents. Other people work with facts and data. Um, I don't remember things as well as I always think I do. But I've got a lot. I've got a quite the areas I know about. I get obsessed with and get quite a lot of knowledge about. Mm. So I guess I'm knowledgeable in areas, but I don't think that makes me intelligent. And I don't think that. I really don't think intelligence is that valid. I tell you, I hate that yeah. term like sapiosexual, you know, people who are, say claim that they're attracted oh, to people's annoying. minds rather than their bodies. Like, sure, I'm attracted to people's minds and their bodies, but, I'm, but I don't think that you can really claim to just only be interested in someone's intellect. And also, what I'm interested in people's minds is not just their in- intellect, it's their, it's their sense of humour, which is yeah, another kind their, of intelligence. Their or their warmth or kindness yeah, to other people. Or their politics, or yeah. their... Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of that, that what, I'm, what I'm always saying is, why do we value intelligence so much, but we don't talk about kindness as a thing yeah. that we look for in a partner or yeah. a lover, you know? Yeah, and how, why is it really acceptable to be like... You hear people say, "I don't, oh, I don't like stupid people. I just can't right. sit around stupid people." Who decides you, who's stupid? That's the biggest question I've got. Yeah, who you decides? Hear, you, and you hear that a lot more than you'd have. Oh, I can't sit around unkind people. Right. Like people seem to see, almost seem like. Uh, I feel like a lot of people would argue that it'd be nicer to be with an unkind, intelligent person, or like sometimes you know someone very intelligent. I don't know, like yeah. Yeah, it's a Oh yeah, I mean certainly some of the most intelligent people in the conventional sense of thinking of intelligence have been done the most terrible things oh. or the most terrible things have resulted from their intelligence like the people yeah. who created the atomic bomb um, the, the initial decisions that were made there were not made in a horrific way they were just people discovering new things about the world but the way that got used is pretty horrific and the and intelligent people were pulled into that process you know yeah. So uh, intelligence in itself is neutral. Yeah. It's not. It's not good. It's not bad. It yeah. doesn't do good things or bad things. So, yeah. I mean, st- the word stupid as well, an idiot as well. Yeah. Like I, I'm trying to get rid of those out of my vocabulary. Yeah. I've already used them in this conversation, so I'm not doing very good in spoken mm. conversation. But I've, I've, I've programmed my phone to auto to auto correct if I use stupid or idiot <laughs> to change it to uh, ridiculous or mm. uh, extremely ridiculous. That's um, really clever. Yeah, I mean, well, it wasn't my idea exactly. That's I got so it from someone. Yeah, right, right. I got it from someone oh, on Twitter. That's, that's but, so ridiculous. Okay. And a lot of people, because again, it's what what people say about it is it's, and I do agree, it's a kind of ableist term, right? You wouldn't go around using terrible words yeah. about dis- physical disability, yeah. but we use these words about uh, mental disability, I guess you could say, or ability. I don't know. Yeah. Disability is a complicated word too. But, I mean, I don't want to go around calling people an idiot or stupid, even though I do, because uh, that's how I've learned to speak. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of like, um, yes, like, I, I think about stupidity a little bit like I think of evil. Like, I don't think there's evil people. I think there's evil actions. And I think it's the same with, with stupid, right? I think there's, there's, there's stupid actions, maybe. Mm. But I don't think there's stupid people. Mm. <laughs> Do you think it's fair to describe people as boring? 
well, I don't think it's fair, but I think it's something that we're all going to do. I think yeah, it's but do you kind think of it's less, it's, it's more fair than calling someone stupid? Well, I think it's, it, all of these things are subjective, right? So yeah, exactly. So people I find boring, other people might find fascinating. And that, that's good because I don't want to spend time with people I find boring. So because I'm glad that <laughs> other people might like to spend time with them. I guess, yeah. Boring, you're kind of saying this person's boring me. Stupid seems more like... Um, uh, more like permanent kind of this is a stupid person yes it's, it's an alter, it's an absolute judgment that's what I mean yeah right. rather than like this person bores me this person yeah I don't know but I think boring can sometimes be said in an absolute judgment way as well I mean I think that's the problem with any kind of criticism of another person as much as I make them all the time because yeah. I am and this is what I mean about being self-righteous I'm always making these kind of arguments but I am still a human being with all the hypocrisies that that entails and I I, I break all of my my rules all the time I'm I'm, I'm, I'm you know not all of them thankfully mm. but most of them yeah boring <laughs> is one I, I kind of struggle with because I remember my old headmaster would be like there's no such thing as sitting next to someone boring at a dinner party uh, because it's just up to you to get the interesting out. And sometimes I just think, no, I live in London. Like, I'm just going to go to talk to the next person who's, who's interesting is more closer to the service. Right. And whereas I, whereas I understand that with work and time, and that might be quite like, if you know, you're in a, in a relationship with someone or something, that might be quite rewarding. But for the now, you know, at a party or some sort of situation, I kind of want to gravitate towards the people who are exposing their like uh, interest what I see as interesting qualities yeah. or whatever I can understand and I will, why and I will make judgments in my head it's like that person's quite boring yeah. well I can understand why I can understand you why you, um, I'm the same to a certain extent but I kind of also do what your what your headmaster said does resonate yeah. resonate a bit with me because I mean especially with doing getting better acquainted like one of the principles behind this is there's no everybody's got an interesting story mm-hmm. everybody's got something interesting about them yeah. um, and if and if I don't get it out of them, I think that's my flaw, not their flaw. Like, I'm not asking the right questions. A little bit like yeah. your headmaster said. It's up to me to make them interesting. Yes. Or to talk about things that are interesting to me yeah. that I find is also a commonality that they also find interesting. Is that's, that's how we find people interesting or not, isn't it? Finding a shared area of interest, right? Yes. Um... Also... How if you find someone boring is so dependent on how, your mood that day as oh, well, right? Really? <laughs> like there are times when I, if someone starts talking about mortgages, I will be like, "This is the most boring conversation in the world." But if I'm in the right place, I'll be like, "Oh, I can see how this is actually a really important thing in your life, and I can see how this has actual effects on society around you, um, and how I can get into that." But but I thought I thought really that it might be more about like sometimes just people who have a cloak on, like a mask on. Like, what I would think is was boring if someone is putting, even if it's like a radical opinion or whatever it is, something there where you feel like you're not really getting, they're not really giving themselves away. Right. Or they're not interacting with you. Yeah, yeah, there's a block somewhere. Like, even, or someone who, you know, say if you you, you, you want to talk about the negative as a situation and you get those people that go, oh, well, no, I think we should, you know, focus on this. There's sort of a blocking of all the light and shade or the the, the parts of them. They don't want to expose themselves that well, that much. Like, that's, like, uh, yeah, I just think, yeah, that might be what I think of as, like, quite boring or just quite tiresome to kind of get through get past um yeah yeah no I, I know what you mean 
I definitely feel sort of that way. And I mean, I get one thing that gets said to me a lot, <clears throat> kind of a, I don't, I, don't, I, I, I think it's a compliment, but a, a thing that gets said to me a lot is you're really American. Uh, people are always saying I'm really American. When what they mean by that, I've discovered, is that they mean I talk about my emotions and my and I'm open about yeah. my life, um, which I think are good qualities. And so I don't take that in the as a as a as an yeah, insult in the way that they American, mean. American, I think. I don't. Do they mean it as an insult? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Depends if they're American or British. I think most British people have a snobbery about Americans mm. that isn't really that justified. Even if I have it a little bit myself. No, I think, I think, yeah. No, I think it's a compliment to, in terms of the openness, but you're not American in terms of what I think is American as being all positive. But yeah, no, that's, that's I think that's a false, yeah, I think that's a false, slightly yeah. false uh, understanding yeah. of American, which is, is easy to get because we, we have the media telling mm. us X no, and Y really... and we have our friends, uh, we meet people who might be, we take as an example of the whole of that nation. Yeah, that's I true. Mean, all no, of my true. friends really who are American are lovely. So if I was going to extrapolate from that, I would assume that everybody is lovely in America, which is clearly not the case. Mm. So, you know, it's... But anyway, I get that a lot. Yeah. People say that a lot. And that's, I think that's what they mean. And people don't... People feel uncomfortable with me being open about my stuff. But going forward, I find that less and less people find that uncomfortable. I guess I'm learning how to say it in a less threatening way. Yeah. Because you can, you can be open about yourself in a, in a way that challenges people or kind of is, is aggressive or you can be open about yourself in a way that isn't and I think I'm getting more of the second now I'm getting hopefully that. it's that and not just your world becoming more and more insular <laughs> yeah I'm only <laughs> surrounding myself with people yeah, who can take it, could, it. it could, might it be, could that. be that because I think you know I think <clears> as you get older you just like just really know what you're into more surround your people yourself with people who are into those same things and have those same views and could just be that yeah but I'm talking about when I meet people like literally strangers like when I because I'm because I haven't got this kind of ability to shut off my yeah my my monologue like I can't have an internal monologue I can only have an external monologue yeah um so I mean I have of course there's that's an exaggeration Mm. but because of that when I meet people I often find I'm talking about things that they've would potentially feel uncomfortable about in the past they have felt uncomfortable but now they don't seem to but they could just I just could I've got worse at noticing when people are uncomfortable I mean my stick on stage is being open right it's it's being awkward and being comfortable with that and then an audiences respond to that and I think that, that it's the same thing with strangers it's like if I'm comfortable with being awkward people don't find it as jarring as if I go into it with like 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 I used to be just so intense I mean mm. I'm intense now but you wouldn't believe mm. <laughs> I think I know your answer to this question but I'll ask it because I'm tedious because um, <laughs> you're boring I'm so boring what would you prefer to have sex with a dog and no one knows about it or not have sex with a dog and everyone thinks you've had sex with a dog? Oh yeah, you are this oh, we had this so discussion nice. once. This in is like Edinburgh. my two, three drink question that like somehow like diarrhea like verbal diarrhea comes out after so three drinks and I just think, Wow, what a philosoph- philosophical Well it is a complicated question. But I think can I say what I think your answer is? Can yeah. I second guess you? Um, I think you would prefer after your X Factor like response like you prefer for everyone to like see this million views on YouTube of you failing I think you'd prefer not to have sex with a dog and everyone to think you have 
Yeah, I mean, I think I prefer that anyway because I don't really want to have sex with a dog. And the thing is that 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 in order to have everyone not thinking that I've had a sex had sex with a dog, I have to have sex with a dog. So I feel like I, I don't exactly know where I fully stand on bestiality. I think it's less bad than than assaulting conscious, fully conscious beings. Um, but I do question whether how conscious a dog is, what level of, of I don't feel like it's acceptable to basic a dog can't consent and so I don't really want to uh, push myself in look if it was like that Black Mirror episode where I had to to stop terrorists from killing someone yeah. I would have sex with a dog but um, I don't think it's a, enough of a justification just to have everyone not think badly of me so you, do you have to have language to consent Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You, 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 you don't, because what about people who can't speak, who, who haven't got language yet? I don't feel like you can, you can mm. say a human... I think you could have consent from a dog then, maybe. Well, so, well, how... But the thing is, a, a, with, with a human being, you can work mm. out a system of communication, whatever that com- system of communication is, and then you can establish whether you have consent... But you, you, you can't know what a dog's... You, dogs. One of the things about dogs, as far as I understand it, is they look like they love you because of their <laughs> evolutionary reasons to make you think that they love you, but they don't feel love. So you'd feel like they were consenting. Like you might feel like you're and having a great communication. It's so funny, but... isn't it? Have we bred them to look happy? Because everyone goes, oh, you can tell. They look, they're, they're smiling. They look so happy, dogs, with their waggy tails and... They've got really good empathy. They, they understand what yeah. they can play off you. They know when you're sad and they'll comfort you. And but but the question is, do they just comfort you like that because you feed them and that that helps them to get that. food, or do they have some actual? I mean, I've loved dogs and I feel like they've loved me, um, not in a sexual way, as as I've pointed out. I'm not into it, but um, but I, you know, you never know if it's real love. But then you never know if it's real love with a human being. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you could probably, with the way that, yeah, you're saying they reflect emotions and empathise and the way they act, I think you could probably get towards something that was consent, sexual consent from a dog. Maybe. I don't know. I think the thing is, with that question, if I was to lose my liberty as a result of everyone thinking that I'd had sex with a dog, oh, if I was like going to go to jail for it, illegal, then it? I probably would have sex with the dog in order to mm. not go to jail. My My... Whereas if it was to have unconsensual sex with a human, I I would go to jail rather than do that. So that says something about my value judgments about yeah. a, a dog versus a human. <laughs> uh, animal rights campaigners may feel that I should go to jail and uh, uh, and not not have sex with a dog. Um, yeah. That's that's their call. It's jail's a horrible fucking place. So I don't want to go there. <laughs> Um, sorry if these questions are a little bit disconnected. There's like two more. No, I don't mind um, at all. These are just things that came to me really about you. Um, this is, I know you have a kind of, I know your Edinburgh show is going to be maybe to do with gender, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and I'm quite interested in like how, what, what your response to an alpha male is. Right. Because I find it quite interesting. I think even a lot of men that I know that kind of eschew that, um, like you know they've chosen not to be alpha male they think it's a bit ridiculous still like a lot of women in a social situation will kind of give a lot of um credibility and and 
um, attention to an like kind of be quite in awe of that alpha maleness. Well, I first of all I question the concept of alpha male. Yeah, I, I think feel, I needed to define that. I feel like it's a well. I mean, I, I'm quite you know familiar. What I, mean with, I do I know. It. I know exactly okay. what you mean. But I, I question the concept of it because I think it's a socially constructed concept. Um, <clears throat> sure, there are some animals that uh, there are some animals that have alpha male like um, setups, but we are not gorillas. Uh, we are much closer to chimpanzees or bonobos in our in our in our uh, genetic makeup. But we're not even those things. We get to decide. We have consciousness. We get to decide what we want to be or what we don't want to be. So I feel like alpha male is sometimes a it's 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 a, it's part of this hierarchy that is within patriarchy within masculinity it's one of the things that keeps men being trapped within our gender yeah. and it's one of the thi- and it's it's one of the things that oppresses women um but at the same time it also impresses women and it's it impresses a, men I and think. it impre- oh it definitely impresses yeah. men and yeah. and and it, it it's also what is an alpha male like it, the other question is like so sometimes men achieve a kind of what we think of as alpha maleness by being like physically fit and hard and strong and like you know i know when i'm with those men like uh, there's an experience i had once of like um meeting a um meeting a hard tough guy i'm not going to go into any details because you know might might cause me uh danger but meeting meeting a, an actual hard man yeah. and a group of hard men actually and and being like oh this is what like i'm not like it's it, i feel like it's a little bit like there's a moment in moomin Land midwinter where this dog always wants to be a wolf and then he meets all the wolves, the wolves surround him in the dark yeah. and he goes, oh fuck, I am not a wolf, I am a dog and I need to get out of here. And it was a similar, I felt like that, I was like, oh, this is what really scary hard men are like, I am not a man, I need to get out of here. You know, in fact, I ended up like playing with a child in front of all of these hard men and them, and, and feeling their kind of disdain for my for my yeah. behaviour. But then there's there was lots of other complications there, um, just in terms of, you know, uh, race or class or uh criminality all of these things that 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 was was at play there but how do i feel about alpha men alpha males i mean like like all men i'm conditioned i so i i on some levels aspire to be one even if i hate the concept um so i think and sometimes i may have may have played that role like when i went to a sex club i i think i i felt a little bit like in my one limited experience of it, I think I did have a little bit of an idea of what being the alpha... I had an experience of being the man that gets the girl and another man being jealous of that. And I had that experience and was like, Mm. I liked it. Mm. I liked having that power over him, even as I didn't like having that power over him. And even as I felt like him him hating me for that kind of ignores women's agency it ignores so many things like like women are not a prize mm-hmm. i know that but at the same time in that moment it was complicated i had had that stuff and and i was you know i was the kid that was not picked in school i was definitely not like t- to be in the sports teams i was definitely not an alpha male in school and i i've had bullying at the hands of people you could call an alpha male so i got resentment uh, towards those people. Also, I'm aware that a lot of those people went on in life to not be an alpha male in an economic sense. Like, they may have horrific, 
control over men and women in their surroundings, but they're powerless in society, some of those men. Yeah. Who are, and, and, and that's what I question. I, I feel like alpha males are, are underneath um, very sensitive human beings like we all are. And, and, and I feel like um, I try to have some sympathy for alpha males as I go forward in my life. I try to, to, to have an understanding that, that we're all constructed in gender roles and that they're trapped as much as anyone else at the same time um the way they're trapped hurts a lot more people than a beta male if you like although beta males are complicated because they have all of this jealousy and all of this stuff and then they take that out on the women in their lives or the other men in their lives like there's a big thing in geek geek culture right they are now the alpha males in a way they're like owning Facebook they own Google but at the same time they don't let women in their club they feel like women have always been mean to them so they resent women for that rather Mm. than understanding that we're all constructed so I I, I don't know it's so yeah alpha male is something that will give a a big complicated monologue but I I don't know where Mm. I stand fully apart from I think it's a generally a bad thing do you ever get that feeling of being like safe around uh like an alpha male though like you know like it's everyone I've got a friend who like everyone likes to be around because he's like big and like really cool but he's just like he's the sort of guy no one would start on you just feel safe wherever you were with him but would he start on somebody else no see that I don't know but he has that he has that presence that physical presence but I don't know if that's exactly all that alpha male is right like so yeah I've had experience of being feeling safe with big masculine guys I don't think there's anything wrong with being big and masculine like some of my my close friends are are big masculine guys I can think of a few people who you could call an alpha male but they wouldn't be an alpha male if you actually lined them up with people who have proper use of violence and intimidation no but I I, I guess I'm thinking just more like um yeah okay I'm just thinking more on like a very very like simple level of like I think the safest place for me to be like socially mm. and this is just really like simple but like like um is like with a like big guy like say like walking at night through a council estate or through somewhere like quite quiet or wherever it is mm. um I think I'm the most safe like, it's just a really, like, I remember feeling that as, like, the first thing of feeling, like, really, really free, like, really, really safe. Yeah. Like, much more safe than him, because no one's going to start on me. Someone might start on him, but it's if just a feeling of, kind of, of, like, of safety just in those instances. Even if that man doesn't define as an alpha male, just, like, just by the way we sort of, like, yeah. look at each other, are prejudiced against each other. Like, sure, but I understand why you'd feel that way as a woman. I don't think that it's going to be the same for me if I'm walking down the street with a with a, with a a strong, protective man. I mean, I've done yeah. that. And sometimes sometimes people decide to take pick fights with the big guy as well. That's, yeah, that's, that's something I mean, you I have think, in like, male In that situation, situations. I'm much more safe than him. Like, I think, I'm, I think that might be the most safe situation for anyone to be being like in there as a girl because the man's got to be challenged the man will be challenged and you're just there so you're like just walking in this really really free way and like you you really don't have anything to worry about because if you're on your own you'd be worried about but like 
yeah. the only reason you're safe in that situation is because in that situation he goes they're first. looking at you as property of him so they won't go to you before they go through him they've got to get rid of him before they can get to you or yeah or even that they'll be trying to impress you by beating him like it's that I always find that a really complicated moment. Like people are always saying, um, women and sometimes feminist women are always saying that um, men should keep other men in order. Like when we see misogynistic yeah. behaviour, we should call it out, and we should we should uh, if we see street harassment, we should go up to the street yeah. harassment harassers and call them out. And I think that's an incredibly dangerous. Uh, thing to be yeah, asking yeah, men yeah. to do like I've been beaten up by men I, yeah. I, I I do believe in calling out other men and, and talking to them I'm making a show trying to talk to men mm. but I don't know if it's always like it's it's on me if I decide if I'm if I make the decision in the moment to 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 put my 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 life at risk then that's on me and that's my decision. But it's not really for other people to be going around blanket statements saying um, all men should put their, their life in danger all the time. Like, women are unsafe. I agree. I don't want women to get harassed in the street, but men get beaten up in the street mm. as well. It's, not, it's yeah. not as simple as that. And, and what good would it do sometimes me taking a beating yeah. and then, like, is that going to help? I've done it. Yeah. I've, I've stood up to... Like, I've seen... Like, yeah. I stood up one time that I can think of to a man who was shouting and being like domestic violency towards yeah. a woman in the street. And I stood up and like yeah. and, and confronted him and said, I think, you know, I think she wants to go home. But then I feel like part of me feels like that's I'm taking a lot of ownership of her in that moment. Yeah. Like, why am I making assumptions about her? But, but I was safe in that moment because an, an old couple came up and also helped me. Yeah. But if an old couple hadn't come and help me if I'd have been alone in that moment I might have just got killed yeah. and would that have helped us to change the, the the gender roles we have in society I don't know like uh, and do you think uh, a man has as much a right as to call someone out as a misogynist as a woman does uh, whether as much they have less potential to notice it but I think everybody has a right to like so not all men are gonna notice misogyny. Mm. But if you do notice misogyny, I think you've got a right in saying it. And you may be wrong. You may be interpreting someone wrong. Well just sometimes I can you, think it can be used as a bit of a weapon. Like there's been instances of like comics, male comics calling other male comics misogynists. Yeah. And I think really their problem with that male comic is deeper, but they're using a um a word to like because it's stronger and it's the most powerful one it's like if I said oh she's um, a slut or something I just have a problem with that girl but I'm using I don't know sometimes I feel like it can be hijacked the word but that's yeah no I think you're I think you're I think you're right I think that definitely there's a lot of very misogynistic men who go around using the word misogynist yeah. uh, as a way of uh, cloaking their own misogyny and um, suggesting they're somehow out of that mm. out of that dynamic like like it is a cr- criticism that is justified about men who define for example as feminists People, men who, and I'm a man who defines as a feminist, but there are lots of feminist in inverted commas men who kind of use that as a way to still talk for women. Like, oh, I'm a feminist, so I get to go and tell all of these men that they're shit and tell all of these women that they're not doing feminism right and I'm still at the top and I'm still in control, but I just call myself a feminist. And I don't think they help uh, any truly feminist men because they give us a terrible bad rep. And I don't think they help women. I mean, yeah, I, I think... Words like any of these words can be used um, for power. Words always can be used to create power systems. Yeah. Um, 
Sorry, and, and so, I'm so worthy in this conversation. <laughs> like when you, before before we did it, you were like, "Oh, everyone's just going to talk to you about sex the whole time, aren't they?" You said, and uh, and yeah. So I thought it was going to be really like uh, I just, down and dirty, but I like the fact that you've. Uh, well, it, it may it, maybe I'll, maybe my last question might be like that. Is there? Um, I just it just made me think of this guy. There's this comedian who is doing. I want to know what you think about this. Have you heard of him? He's doing. He's planning to do a show. Um, in Edinburgh, a comedian, a comedy show, and he says only men can go. Oh yeah, I have heard a think? little bit about this. One of my comedian friends shared it on. I mean, it's great publicity Facebook. for him. But this is because I think didn't it, he say because women laugh at him or something, and he doesn't want them to laugh at him? Or because I mean, like this is yeah, this is something I think like because he he says Mark Silcock says that women have made my life miserable. <laughs> Bit of a bad starting point, and wants to explore his relationships in a safe space that only an all male crowd can provide. Well, I think that we absolutely have to 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 defend the right of any group to organise within themselves. Um, so, uh, if you're going to defend the right of women to have safe women only spaces, which I do, although I don't defend the right of women to decide who is a woman. I think if you're a woman, you should be allowed into a woman-only space, whether or not uh, another woman thinks that because you're trans, you're not a proper woman. Yeah, um, I think it but might I, be illegal, you know. Right, you know, so. exactly. But, but well, well, I, think, I think it's... Look, it makes sense for groups to sometimes have... Look, there are, there are situations where, where men might all want to get together or trans people might all want to get together or black people might all want to get together or white people might all want to get together that are justifiable. Mm. Um, but there are many of all of those examples that are problematic. And that one sounds problematic to me, just in the fact that if you want to get into a group about with men and talk about male experience, fine, but if you want to get into a group of men and say women are to blame for all of our problems, then you should have a right to do it, but I ain't going to go and see it, and if I do, I'm going to fucking heckle. Mm, maybe you should go, because it, it's about crime Because publicity well, for my show. The show is called No Women, Plenty of Cry, so there might be some commitment. I think maybe, that going back to what we are saying about often it's the women that go, why is that man crying? That man shouldn't be crying, and that's the most... Like, that's the, the, the harshest thing I think that man can experience, a woman being like, this yeah. is not you being a man. So maybe, you know, the... the well, yeah. The, you know. Well, Bell Hooks talks about that in her, in her book that I've been recent, reading recently, which is like The Will to Change Men, Masculinity and Love. And it's, that's, a lot of that's about how women um, enforce male standards yeah. as much as they want them to go. In fact, one of the critiques of the original feminist movements is that they got, like certain kinds of equality but they expected men to like so she says the reason that new men didn't work is men were new and then women went Ugh, yeah, I don't like that and then men were like fuck it I'm not going to bother then um, and, yeah. and so that, that's a sort of that's a, I think that's a fair point I think there are definitely good things to be said about um, men crying maybe, maybe some men are so far into masculinity they need to only cry with men first and then yeah. move on to women but I just feel like he's doing that it's, for publicity yeah, and, and, it, and it feels to me like, like it's like the men's rights movement right they have a lot of legitimate statements that they make at the beginning of their article that are fair that we do yeah. need to look at like men having uh, childcare rights or men have being allowed to cry or men all of these things and then like halfway down the list they'll suddenly say some fucking horrible things about women and move on to like how they so like i, I agree with their initial premise 
men are screwed over by society call it patriarchy capitalism whatever you want men are screwed over by it but so are women so we should that's a unifying thing not something that should make us go oh i'm screwed over by society so uh that's the women's fault no it's not and uh, it's a kind of fundamental mistaken logic that i feel like so so i've got sympathy empathy for men who feel sad about the way that they're treated by masculinity but i would like to help them to 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 join up the dots and realize that it's not women that are to blame it's 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 the patriarchal structures that we have around us and that's why i've kind of never really sometimes you'll get i've been in this social situation before where you'll get you know a mixed mixed group and then some, somehow, like, the men and the girls all sort of get together in the corner. Yeah. And then with hushed tones, they say, oh, actually, no, it's, like, really tough where I work um, because I do get discriminated, you know, and the men do get listened to more. And it's behind closed doors, and it's the same principle I sometimes think behind, you know, women's hour. It's like women talking to other women about how hard it is. Well, there's because, a lot of men, you know, male guests on women's Yeah, hour. yeah, I guess so. But it's like even the sort of... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little... It's, it's for us to talk about myself, and they do, you know. But I'm a big really, fan really of hard. women's hour. And I really think it's like our, our job to sort of include that in the in the main conversation, be that when we're out socially or like, yeah. yeah but the, fund, the fundamental difference between women's hour, and there's, you, you, there's, there are some critiques I've heard of, of women's hour from, from feminists that I, I can see the, the, the argument for. I grew up listening to women's hour. I've always loved it. Yeah. Um, I even met Jenny Murray, like I had her be the voice of the chief for uh, the Ministry of Stories thing I did with CBeebies. So, cool. um, um, and I was a bit of a fat, I was a geek. I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I was like overcome. I didn't know how to like speak to her because she's she's quite stern as well as cool. Um, but so I like Women's Hour. But the difference between Women's Hour and what that guy's doing is Women's Hour is a, an hour programmed and. Uh, by women about issues that are pertinent to women that can be listened to by everyone and so I feel like that's important I feel like um, it's important to have more stuff made by women like there's more women than men 52% 53% of the population are women Um, so that's how many of the of the percentage of our of our media should be made by them but I feel like having it consumed by everyone is the way that we all learn from each other so you know Cool, yeah. And they've got a men's hour now, so no one can make that comment. It's, it's like when people say, when is International Men's Day? Well, mm. there is a date. I can't there remember day, it, yeah. so I don't think it's a very important yeah, it's date. it's not as important, I guess. Um, so, okay, like, so what we've talked about in this <clears> interview, we've had talked about um, how um, open you think you are. I think like, I Is am. there any, yeah. any questions? Can you think of any questions in your head that, like, you wouldn't be comfortable being asked on a podcast. Yeah. 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 Okay. And they're to do with... They're to do with how other people would judge my actions, not necessarily how I would judge my actions. So I think that there there are some areas uh, in life where I feel the prejudices of society would prejudice them against me yeah. I don't agree with those prejudices but I would receive stigma as a as a result of that okay. so I'm afraid of getting stigma because I've experienced quite a lot of it yeah. um, in my life uh, diff- Not I'm not saying I'm from a marginalised group I'm super yeah. privileged all that stuff but um, you know there are things I'm uncomfortable about sharing and 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 increasingly those are the things I'm trying to talk about more and more on stage though I mean like like talking about ways I've harmed women through 
being part of the patriarchy. Yeah. Um, that's something I feel really uncomfortable talking about. Or ways that women, like, or, or ways that I've been, you know, talking about my. It's easy to think of myself as open, but when I have. I've noticed that I'm not always open. There are lots of times when I skirt around an issue for a long time. Like, um, so can you give me an example of a question that I wouldn't, you wouldn't be, I couldn't ask you? Uh, yeah. So, so I wouldn't. Well, you can you can ask me any question. Right? I wouldn't necessarily answer mm. every question. Some of those questions I wouldn't answer because of legal reasons, probably. So, um, because it, I would never admit to a crime on on okay. uh, on microphone um, because I don't trust the police. Um, so uh, and also, so that, yeah. So there's that. Um, but there's also areas where, like, I don't feel that that comfortable talking about like my psychosexual relationship with, like, I don't know, with anything really. Um, I don't feel very comfortable talking about mental health issues, but I try to talk about them more. Okay. Um, but obviously I'm not going to say what I wouldn't want you to, to ask me questions okay. about because <laughs> that reveals what the areas are that people would judge me for. Mm. But you've started talking more about your, like, you're like in an open relationship now. Sure, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you've started to talk more like open, you've had to yeah. answer people's questions about your sexual sexuality a lot more. I'm quite comfortable with talking about most areas of my sexuality, mm. yeah. I mean, you're not comfortable, but I think it's an important thing to do. And I will... Like that's what I mean. When I when I'm a bit like, oh, this is hard to talk about, then yeah. I kind of feel like I better talk about that on stage. Like, it's about how I construct it. So I don't think there's any area of my life that I won't eventually find a way of communicating to people and framing it in a way that I feel is gives it the most justice. And then if people want to judge me for those things I've done, then that's up to them. But at least I've presented it to them in the way that I think is the most. Uh, the most representative of it mm. because often somebody else might use different words and those words would be judgmental words and I, I I judge myself really harshly for loads of things just ironically not the things that people would judge me for like I'm going to be talking on stage in Edinburgh like about like things I've done in my in my adolescence like ch- like in my sort of way of approaching sex or whatever mm. and I think people won't judge me as harshly as I judge me for those moments mm. like they're quite like everyone can relate male or female probably can relate to the kinds of mistakes or judgments or prejudices I had um but I hate them I I, I judge them all the time but then there's other things that I've done that I have no problem at all with yeah that people would would not would not be into how many people have you slept with Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, it's not a good question. I mean, that's a question that people ask all the time mm. to each other, don't they, partners? I got. I mean, it's gone up like severely. Mm. Um, severely of, of recent, word. of recent. Yeah, it's a weird word, isn't it? Uh, Violently increased. No, it's not. It's definitely not been violent. Um, but it has increased in in the last few years. Yeah, and I I I can't. Hang on a minute. And all, well, here's another problem. I recently realised that now I don't think of sex as just penis and vagina penetrative sex. It means that there's loads of other times I've had sex. 
that that so so oh, well, it means that right numbers. exactly it means that like right exactly so it means that I didn't lose my virginity when I when I lost when I thought I had lost my virginity I lost my virginity when I first you know fingered somebody or really? like well yeah because that's a that's a sexual that is a way you can have sex some people that's the only way they're into having sex mm. like gay, gay people can't have pe- penis in vagina sex um, lots of lesbians choose not to get a strap on and do that there's loads of ways that are absolutely equally valid ways mm. of having sex some of the best sex I've ever had has been uh, non-penis in vagina sex um, so but it, it massively increases my numbers in that way as well I guess I mean not that put here 40 not 40 <laughs> I, I mean definitely, I don't need to know I just I wanted think, to ask that question I, I think, don't actually need to know I mean I can try and like run through it in my head quickly if, no it's alright if right. people like I kind of wanted to see how you would react I mean, I don't to that question because it's a bit of a weird one it always feels like a, a, well, is it, does it matter does it really is it matter? boasting is it relevant yeah, yeah. I mean it's, certainly it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated than the number for it? most of my life my numbers have been very low of recent times they've increased but not to the level of people who've 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 been frequently having sex for all of their life. Do you feel like you'll be in an open relationship for the rest of your life? I don't know because part of the rules is that if any if either of us want to stop at any time we will. Okay. So I might want to stop, or she might want to stop. And then you, you know, then we would. I mean, that's the okay. the rule. So is if either of us want to pull the plug on it anytime the other one we do. Suit. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, if that's what we like, if that's what we like decide to do, like there may be times when one of us just isn't interested in looking for any other partners, um, but that's not the open relationship still exists in those moments. Yeah. It's just we're being lazy. Yeah. But another time we might. Like if, it, if 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 either of us wants to stop, then I'm I would stop. Okay. But I mean, it's a funny thing an open relationship because it's not it's not just about the sex. It's not just about sex. Like even if you're not, I mean, we're not poly. I'm not having multiple relationships with people. Okay. Although that's a complication. People sometimes feel like I am, mm. and then I have to try and and make them understand that I'm I'm not. Mm. Um, and then that can hurt people. I mean, so opening up your relationship means that you have to face two things I never thought I'd have to face again in my life. Rejection, right? Oh, and okay. from from people who aren't interested. Okay. And uh, the possibility that I'll hurt people. Yeah. Because I have really low self-esteem and, and consider myself to be ugly and all of these things. Mm-hmm. So I didn't quite realise that because other people don't feel that way, that I could easily be someone... I never thought I would be someone who someone could be more into me than I am into them or that I could, like, that someone would want more from me than what I can give. I always assume people don't want anything from me. So um, having to come to terms with the fact that I can hurt people, that I have to be more, like, have to be try and be sensitive to where they're coming from, but respect their rights to to make mistakes themselves, like... um, it's not for me to say whether if someone wants to have sex with me and I want to have sex with them, it's not for me to say, oh, actually, you shouldn't do this because here's, like, the reasons why you shouldn't... You know, do you know what I mean? Like, that's taking away their agency and stuff. So it's like finding a balance with all that stuff. But it is, like, I've been surprised that... Like, so in the last few years, I've had sex with a lot more people, but I've also... Um, had a lot more drama, emotional yeah. conflict, emotional has it, has it been stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think so, overall, yeah. right. in certain ways. 
Like, um, it's a very time. I remember once saying to my mum, talking to my mum's partner about open relationships, and she was like, "Just the thing is, you know, because I had a friend at uni too, and she was like, it's fine at uni, and you know, got all that time, right? When you got a job, no, this is true. And when you got, you know, having one partner is quite, and their emotional needs and your emotional needs, and that in combination." That takes up an awful lot of time. No, I Add more to agree. the mix, you know. It's, it's and maybe kind of like an economic. It's one of more of an economic decision than a than a you know uh, anything else. Well, I agree with that, and I would say that to, to to say that I've slept with a lot more people in the last few years is accurate. But to mm. say that I regularly have slept with people in the last few years is inaccurate. Mm. Like it's it's you know it's kind of here and there. Like um, it's 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 hard. It is like you say harder to to set up like I'm a person with a very full diary it becomes even more full if I'm trying to to see different people and all that stuff and be respectful to them and all that stuff I mean really it's very few and far between that you find someone who wants to have regular non no strings attached sex at an easily uh easily schedulable time Mm. like once a month or twice a month or whatever Mm. that's not necessarily that great a um a thing to offer to the other person for me that's perfect like yes I scheduled it in my diary that's that's ideal but yeah, that's people not... don't really do that do they I wonder why I guess you yeah it's more of a moment thing like when you want to have right. sex right that's the other thing like a lot of people want it to feel organic when that happens like uh, I, I know Jen might... feels like that like when she meets a person to have sex with she, she doesn't want to arrange it she wants it to happen spontaneously right spontaneously and I used to do it's a not, thing where I used to I used to have a French class on a Wednesday in central London and I used to always like arrange a date on a, I used to just to sort of keep me buoyant go on a date every week on a Wednesday yeah but like yeah maybe you could make that <laughs> yeah just because it made me go to my French class because then I was in central London then I'd go but like yeah just to I don't know we don't really I mean, we don't really plan our relationships or sexual stuff. Right, and who I I fancy aren't necessarily going to be available. They're not necessarily going to be into me. They're not necessarily going to... I mean, uh, what would be ideal from my point of view would be to meet um, somebody who's in the same situation as me, who I am attracted to. We both want... We're both in... We've both got primary important mm. relationships and then we want like occasional hookups yeah. um, and we want to schedule that. That would be ideal. But when you go on OkCupid and you just look for people in open relationships, there's not that many to choose from. And then, <laughs> then there's like, are they attracted to me and all of that stuff? Um, so that's what I'd ideally want. But what I've done is continually hook up with or fall for people who are not in who are single yeah. and that is a complicated thing for them then yeah. to to deal with um and some of those have been requited and some of those have been unrequited and some of those have been acknowledged but not requited which is always a complicated one yes um yeah mm. um okay i'm gonna uh ask you now if you have anything to plug oh yeah um what was I thinking about? Do you it need is... to plug your Edinburgh show, maybe? Oh, well, I'm, I, 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 well, it's a long way away okay. from when this will come out, my Edinburgh show, but I should... But, yeah, if you want to check out my Edinburgh show, it's going to be called uh, What About the Men Mansplaining Masculinity? Um, what About the Men Mansplaining and Masculinity? No, Mansplaining Masculinity. Oh, okay. So I am going to be Mansplaining Masculinity to the audience. Okay. Um, so that's... But what was I thinking today? I was thinking... Because I, I knew I was going to have to plug something, and I was thinking, oh yeah, I would like to plug 
something that I found has changed my life in the last few years. And I think this is kind of related to my show for Edinburgh as well. Um, what I found in terms of social media is that following people from loads and loads of different groups uh, who are saying things about their experience has taught me more in the last five years on Twitter. I've learned so much more than in ever in education, okay. like much more than I did at university. Yeah. I have heard so many new concepts, so many yeah. uh, new ideas. I've changed my mind in so many ways. I've been educated without, I haven't gone up to people and said, educate me, because that's yeah. a, an entitled thing to do. It's not for yeah. other people to educate you. But if you follow people who are not like you, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I always like to say I'm, I'm all the boxes of privilege, right? Yeah. Apart from mental health, I'm, I'm, I haven't got that. So I'm, I've got some stuff. But um, so as a white, straight, middle class man, if you are like me, follow people who are not like you, follow black women, follow queer people, follow, you know, people who, and also people from different sides of this. Like I don't, I I follow a lot of feminists. I don't agree with all of them. There are are feminists who I I follow, who I find their their views repugnant. Um, Do you follow misogynists too, by the same token? Well, that's a good question. I don't need to follow as many misogynists because um, I... Experience. I, I come into contact with a lot more misogynists than I, I think than yeah, I come, come okay. into contact with uh, radical feminists. Right. Okay. Um, but I, I agree. I maybe, maybe the should. I maybe misogynists. You should follow them. Yeah. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Good point. I mean, I worry about that on Twitter though, because sometimes people unfollow you based on who you follow, and I, I worry about that with the fact that I do follow all of these uh, radical feminists who I don't agree with, yeah. um, and I, I don't I don't want people to to to, to stop like to cut me out of their uh, uh, of their worlds just because I follow people who are dangerous to them yeah. um but yeah anyway I, d- I recommend joining a social network twitter is my favorite and following people who aren't like you and reading what they write reading their links um and 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 listening it's easier to listen to people online because you're not actually in a verbal conversation, so you don't have to speak to them. Yeah. You can delete your tweet that you write reflectively that you were going to send and then just pull back and listen. Yeah. I mean, now I'm getting to the point where I am engaging more in some conversations here and there, and I think that's a... I guess we'll see if I'm right to do so, mm. um, but I feel like I've I've had five years of university training, as it were, um, which doesn't make me an expert, it, but it makes me a little bit, maybe a little bit more informed than someone who hasn't. So what you're plugging is basically the idea of, um, or like just yeah, following people with very different views to you, expanding right. your but, sort of yeah, and looking to learn from people not in, who aren't opinions, academic yeah. necessarily. Like like when we learn stuff, we either learn it from a newspaper journalistic yeah. source or we learn it from an academic source. And I'm 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 interested in learning from from people who blog about their experiences, people who talk about their experiences from a personal point of view and 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 and, and see the world from their own experiences and and so I, you would you agree with sort of like don't delete people because a lot of people go oh yeah and then they said something a bit racist and I deleted them do you think that's a bit unfair I think it's deleting? up to yeah. individuals if they if they find something too offensive to constantly be coping with I yeah. feel like if, if you're a black person delete yeah. someone who's being racist it's really really reasonable I feel like if you're a white person probably challenging them is probably the way you should go 
and then I do think there is a point where if you can't get through to them, if you if you ask to let a stalemate, if they start being abusive to you, that it is legitimate to then yeah. cut them off. Um, do I follow racist people? I follow people who have racism that they haven't acknowledged or haven't understood, but I don't. I don't follow. I don't follow the BMP. I don't follow people at the most extremes. Maybe I should, or maybe I should create my own new new account just to follow those people without having yeah. to look like I'm following them. But is that that seems dishonest as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, but that's why I plug. Follow people who aren't like you and listen to what they have to say. Okay. Great. Um, and the last thing I always ask my guests to do is to. Unless there's anything else, do you think we've covered? It's been all right. I think it's been really good. How do you feel about it? Yeah, good. I think. Yeah. Do I don't know. I feel. um, I always worry about kind of like order and like whether things are. Yeah, whether it was a bit. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was good. (laughs) Just a chat, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, is there anything? Is there anything that you 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 wish you were expecting me to say or you wanted me to say that you? Um. No, because I think I, I approached it being like, let's just try, from quite like challenging perspective, like I kind of want to see, and I'm glad I asked about, are you open about everything? You, I think you are one of the most open people I know, like, honestly, well, you know, you. and even in saying there are things you wouldn't say, I think that's more, I think that's more legitimate and open than, you know, like, of course you can't be completely open in the recorded thing about everything, because yeah. you and all sorts of things, but yeah, you are, you are yeah interesting i enjoyed it um, well i always enjoy talking to you um, and i feel like yeah your, your approach to things is always interesting uh, uh, so I'm, i've enjoyed it fantastic let's uh, high five yay all right now you have to say goodbye to the audience bye everybody thanks for listening goodbye that was charlie it's free day for the dave episode of getting better acquainted So that was the last episode of the Getting Better Acquainted 200 season. Listen back to the other four alternative reality versions of the show. You've got Helen Zaltzman, Chella Quint, Sophia Walker and James Mackay, Jen Adamthwaite and Charlie Harrison. A big thanks to all of them for agreeing and or volunteering to be the hosts of Getting Better Acquainted. I hope you've enjoyed getting better acquainted with me and I look forward to getting better acquainted with loads and loads and loads of other people going into the future and if you have listened to these five episodes and you still want more there's over 200 in their back catalogue get listening to the archives share them using the hashtag GBA200 the show will be back to its normal format next Wednesday I'm definitely looking forward to editing conversations that don't focus on me and I don't have to hear me talking about me and thinking do I agree with me talking about me or do I not you can follow getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can like it on facebook and subscribe to it pretty much anywhere that podcasts go to hang out with each other on the internet. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.